Hello, you're listening to KUBU-FM, Low Power and the Voice of Sacramento. You can find KUBU locally at 96.5 on your FM dial or cable access channel 17 and 18. You can also listen in on the internet at accesssacramento.org. This program is Making Tracks, and I'm your host, Dale Steele. We're on weekly at this day and time. You can also find more information about what is covered on the show at daletracks.blogspot.com and you can contact me there if you have questions or suggestions about the show. Making Tracks is back and September is well underway with kids back in school now. On today's show, we're going to focus on children and nature. Spending time in nature is good for us It's good for our children's development, our overall health and well-being, the vitality of our communities, and for our economy. When people experience and connect with nature, they're also more likely to act in ways that benefit the Earth. The importance of meaningful personal connections with nature should be considered and integrated along with the scientific knowledge into public policies related to the environment and sustainable development. At a time when the world is confronted with growing environmental threats, Better understanding of the critical connection between people and nature is the key to informing effective decision-making, stimulating positive action, and maximizing the benefits that people and communities receive from nature. There are many local organizations working to protect nature and to provide opportunities for children to enjoy it and find their place there. Support them. You can find more information on the importance of this subject at childrenandnature.org. Join Friends of the River Banks for one of their best events of the year, Dragons and Damsels, this Saturday, September 14th. Meet up at 9.30 a.m. to let the, have time to let the dragonflies warm up before it, get, and before it gets too warm for us humans. Greg Cariofellas, dragon damselfly expert, will give a short talk and introduce us with some live specimens. Then he'll lead us on a walk to the river to see what's flying around. We'll have butterfly There'll be butterfly nets to share, or you can bring your own. Catching dragonflies is quite a challenge, and it's great fun for young and old alike. So meet at Sutter's Landing Park, 9.30 a.m. That's at the very end of 28th Street. Bring water, sunblock, a hat, binoculars, snacks, and clothes. Change of clothes for the kids who tend to get wet times. All ages are welcome. Please leave your dogs at home and try to walk, bike, or carpool to minimize the collective carbon footprint. And please invite others who may enjoy a morning chasing of dragonflies along the American River. You don't want to miss it. Music today, Mercy, Mercy Me by Marvin Gaye and Child of Nature off the Beatles' White Album. And now, head outside when you can. It's time for Making Tracks.
Positive direct experiences in nature during childhood and role models for care for nature by someone close to a child are two factors that contribute most to individuals choosing to take action to benefit the environment. People of all ages who participate in nature-based activities tend to be happier and healthier than those who do not. Social experiences in nature foster connectiveness with each other and to nature. People who develop a sense of place are more likely to want to protect it and oppose the degradation of the environment around them. Knowledge is very important, but it's not enough on its own to cause people to take action to benefit nature. Meaningful and positive experience in nature is a powerful way of developing a connection with and a love of nature that can in turn guide people towards care for the earth. The connectiveness to nature is a strong predictor of positive conservation behavior as well.
community planning and urban development policies to create nature-rich cities that include parks and protected areas for the benefit of people and nature are important, parks and outdoor recreation, and tourism policies that encourage family-friendly experiences, interpretive programs, and outdoor nature-based and experimental environmental education are also important. Policies that encourage private sector investment in environmentally sustainable programming, infrastructure, and innovative solutions, including technology for connecting people with nature, also valuable. Overall, the evidence is clear. One of the most important things that any of us can do for ourselves and those we love and people throughout the world and the living systems that support us is to connect with nature. That connection can start in the simplest of ways, beginning in childhood and renewing throughout all stages of our lives. It can take many forms and occur in many ways, but it requires places and spaces for people to connect to nature's richness and the complexity, varying from backyards apartment rooftops, on city streets, rural roadways, school grounds, and in urban neighborhoods, all the way to wild protected areas and urban parks. But connecting with nature helps us all, bring, bring us all to peace and good health, and provides a foundation for resilient, healthy ecosystems, communities, and economies to thrive and remain for generations and generations to come. The Story of the Lost Girl Many indigenous peoples understand that humans are not separate from the rest of nature. All are one. When humans think about how to care for the earth, we must begin with the recognition that we are nature. We are of the earth. All beings are connected and we are one. The symbiotic relationship with country is told in many stories, one of which is the story of the lost girl. The girl had lost her way. She had wandered far from the mothers, the aunties and the grandmothers, from the fathers and the uncles and the grandfathers. She had hidden in the shadow of a rock and fallen asleep while she waited for her brothers and sisters to find her. Now it was night and no one answered when she called and she could not find her way back to camp. The girl wandered alone. She grew thirsty, so she stopped by a water hole to drink and then hungry, so she picked some berries from a bush. Then the night grew colder, so she huddled beneath an overhanging rock, pressing herself into a hollow that had trapped the warm air of the day. Finally, she found a crow flying in the moonlight, flapping from tree to tree and calling, Caw! 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 The girl followed the crow. She followed him into the trees and over the rocks and up the hills, until at last she saw the glow of her people's campfires in the distance. The people laughed and cried at once to see that the girl was safe. They growled at her for her foolishness and cuddled her and gave her a place by the fire. Her little brother asked if she had been afraid, but the girl said, How could I be frightened? I was with my mother. When I was thirsty, she gave me water. When I was hungry, she fed me. When I was cold, she warmed me. And when I was lost, she showed me the way home. Kwe Moliana, 2005. Indigenous peoples throughout the world are among those most passionately and courageously working to give voice to our 
interconnectedness with other beings and species, and human-associated responsibilities. The convictions and actions of many of those courageous leaders put them in constant danger from those who would challenge their voices, yet they carry on. We honor their sacrifices and learn from their legacy. You're listening to KUBU-FM, Low Power and the Voice of Sacramento. This program is Making Tracks, and I'm your host, Dale Steele. We're on weekly at this day and time. On the road to Rishikesh I was dreaming more or less And the dream I had was true Yes, the dream I had was true I'm just a child in nature I don't need much to set me free I'm just a child of nature I'm one of nature's children Sunlight shining in in the desert skies And my thoughts return to home Yes, my thoughts return to home I'm just a child of nature I don't need much to set me free I'm just a child of nature I'm one of nature's children Underneath the mountain ranges Where the wind that never changes Touch the windows of my soul Touch the windows of my soul I'm just a child of nature I don't need much to set me free I'm just a child of nature I'm one of nature's children Despite the fact that being connected with nature is good for us and good for the earth, creating opportunities to increase this connection is not always a simple process. Many attributes of contemporary life around the world contribute to a disconnection between people and nature and present barriers to overcoming it. For example, fear and perceptions, competing priorities, cultural differences, degraded environments, lack of resources, lack of access or transportation, school or academic environments, and urbanization and development. Governments, organizations, and individuals are are implementing policies and practices to overcome these barriers. 
There's a worldwide trend, for example, to bring nature into cities, to enhance the opportunities for urban dwellers to experience nearby nature and facilitate the many benefits that nature-rich cities can provide. Creating and supporting parks and protected areas, green schoolyards, community gardens, and wildlife corridors are all examples of actions underway in urban environments that in turn facilitate opportunities for people of all ages to connect with nature in meaningful ways. Well, what could we do? By focusing on human connections with nature in policies and practices around us, we have the opportunity to improve the human condition and that of the environment and the earth. Education and child care policies that enable time outdoors in nature one way. Introducing nature in early childhood and throughout life are important. Community planning and urban development policies that create a nature-rich cities that include urban parks and protected areas for the benefit of people in nature. Parks, outdoor recreation, and tourism policies that encourage family-friendly experiences, interpretive programs, and outdoor nature-based education. Arts and culture policies that promote the integration of culture and nature to develop a sense of oneness with nature while celebrating the stories of connection and healing. Policies that call for biodiversity conservation organizations to work across all sectors so that all people equitably and inclusively experience the diverse benefits of nature. There are many other, many other activities and focus points. But above all, make it easy, make it social, and make it fun for people to connect with nature. The time for action is now, and the evidence is clear. One of the most important things any of us can do for ourselves, for those we love, and the people throughout the world, and the living systems that support us, support us all, is to connect with nature. That connection can start in the simplest of ways, beginning in childhood and renewing it through all stages of our lives. It could take many forms and occur in many ways. It requires places and spaces for people to connect with nature's richness, complexity, from backyards to apartment rooftops and city streets and rural roadways, on city school grounds and in urban neighborhoods, and in wild protected areas and urban parks. Connecting with nature helps bring us all peace and good health and protects the foundation for resilient, healthy ecosystems, communities, and economies to all thrive and remain for generations and generations to come. The Peace of the Wild Things by Wendell Berry When despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in its beauty on the water and the great heron feeds I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief I come into the presence of still water and I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting for their light for a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. I've talked before 
about how unique the American River Parkway is in our region and how Sutter's Landing Park is a gateway for Sacramento to the parkway and all the nature, wildlife, and recreation to be found there. Well, the city has a draft environmental document that would extend the Two Rivers bike trail from Sutter's Landing Park to CSU Sac State, and it's out for review now. This is a great idea, but the city's proposal for the bike trail is badly flawed. As proposed, this paved trail would be located off the levee, disturbing wildlife, impacting habitat, including increasing habitat fragmentation, introducing invasive plants, and more in a narrow, fragile section of the parkway. Look at the recently constructed segment of the Two Rivers Bike Trail, where similar impacts occurred as a result of construction off the levee. A better solution would be to avoid these problems, and it's easily available, too. Look at the upstream and downstream sections of the Two River Bike Trail. These trail segments are mainly on top of the levee, avoiding impacting the parkway. Reluctance by the American River Flood Control District and some neighbors has the city promoting an off-levee proposal instead now. Like many people, I'd rather wait and work this out than go forward with a project that harms the parkway. Meanwhile, work parties are underway at Sutter's Landing Park to remove the recently introduced invasive plants and restore native habitat that was impacted as part of the last Two Rivers bike trail. This will be an ongoing struggle now. You can find out more about it at suttershlandingpark.org and friendsoftheriverbanks.org. I've got an update on the proposed addition to the Two Rivers bike trail between Sutter's Landing Park and Sac State that would be located along the south side of the Lower American River in the parkway. Well, after much public, neighborhood, and environmental organization pushback, the city of Sacramento is reconsidering placement of this new 2.4-mile segment of the Two Rivers Bike Trail. The city requested an exemption from the American River Flood Control District to build at least four-tenths of a mile of the new trail on top of the levee. The Flood Control Board approved this exemption request. This is a move in the right direction, but it's not enough, as continuing to locate the rest of this new trail section along the base of the levee will lead to unnecessary loss of habitat and wildlife impacts, as was seen nearby at Sutter's Landing Park when the last segment of the Two Rivers Bike Trail was developed at the bottom of the levee. I've discussed discussed this problem on the radio before, and I'll repeat some of that segment today. But the best location for the rest of this trail is on top of the levee, where several other sections of the same trail are already built and located. This would avoid unnecessary habitat and wildlife impacts, would better separate foot traffic from bike riders and other modes of allowed transportation on the bike trail. And there has been a not-in-my-backyard or NIMBY reaction by some who live in the immediate area of the bike trail, as well as much support by many who use the parkway for recreation and nature activities. Well, the city still has to revise the rest of the overall project so as to avoid significant and unnecessary impacts to sensitive habitat and species and adequately address the concerns expressed by many, including organizations, the requirements of the American River Parkway Plan, and the public in general. Stay tuned for more. Tree, I'd shake you off 
morning saw those dying leaves I follow my roots to the underground Drink wine with all the thieves If I were a tree I would give you wood Make you a dendrophiliac I'd have a laugh because I could Oh my knots and twists are not for that Don't forget to check out my other radio program on KUBU. The Climate Report focuses on local climate actions and more, sponsored by 350 Sacramento every Wednesday at noon. And be sure to tune in Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for Radio EcoShock, the latest on science, issues, and authors dealing with climate change and the environment on a global scale. Hosted and produced by Alex Smith. Don't miss it. You're listening to KUBU-FM, Low Power and Voice of Sacramento. You can find KUBU locally at 96.5 on your FM dial or cable access channel 17 and 18. You can also listen in on the internet at accesssacramento.org. This program is Making Tracks. Again, thank you for listening. Well, I-